Hello from the Global Legal Hackathon 2018 in Denver, Colorado. I am Yev Muchnik with ESQ Legal, and my guests today are... John Trudenik, Randy Robinson. Chad Perlov. Lori Kuhn. Scott Sanderson. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're talking to the Denver Legal Hackathon's judges panel. So my first question for you judges is, tell us about yourself. Where do you work? What do you do? Well, I'm John Tredenick. I was a trial lawyer and a partner at Holland & Hart for 20 years before I founded uh, Catalyst. Catalyst is a technology company. We build e-discovery software to help people uh, search through uh, many hundreds of millions of documents. We're about 180 people now in the U.S. and across Asia. My name is Randy Robinson. I'm a visiting associate professor at the University of Denver Sturm College of Law. And my research interests focus on the intersection of law, technology, public policy in the future. My current paper discusses the explosion of initial coin offerings and the SEC's early attempt to regulate this new funding mechanism. I'm Chad Perlov. I develop practical guidance and legal know-how for LexisNexis in the areas of privacy and data security, tech transactions, internet, e-commerce, IP and corporate transactions. I was previously an entrepreneur myself, running a mobile media startup. I was also an editor with Practical Law, previously general counsel for software development, um, an IT solutions company, and also worked in firm life for quite some time like John. I'm Lori Kuhn. I'm the co-founder and chief operating officer of a Denver startup. We apply artificial intelligence to improve all aspects of the insurance journey. Prior to that, I've been about 20 years in digital transformation. So it's exciting to see technology applied to different industries and, and to see how we can improve the problems. I'm Scott Sanderson. I'm a former engineer and litigator and presently a patent attorney and solo practitioner serving cryptocurrency and blockchain clients. Fantastic. Chad, can you tell me what your favorite idea was from the hackathon? That was tough. Mm-hmm. It was tough because I, I think a lot of the presentations had differing strengths and weaknesses. And um, we had to put into context the fact that the teams only had a certain amount of time to develop their ideas and also a go-to-market strategy as well. It wasn't just the concept, but how are you actually going to sell it to the public? How is this going to look like? My favorite one, I would say, would be the cyber-stalking idea. I think the core idea was the most developed one. I think it's the one that is probably most viable to take to the market. I think the back end has the most to work on in terms of creating a solution that actually you can put into the user's hand. But I see, you know, when you look at the funding, I think the funding is very reachable. I think the idea is very real for millions of people who suffer from cyberbullying and cyberstalking every day. And I think that in terms of finding the right fit, in terms of You know, whether it's an app or something on a website or in partnership with the Twitters and the Facebooks and other social media players in the, you know, in the world, you're probably going to be able to bring that to bear 
the soonest and find the most success. Excellent. Lori, what about yourself? Going to have to agree. There's a few things that, that Chad pointed out that I think are really important that different teams had very different strengths and there was a, a lot of skill in the room tonight. Some folks had excellent product and tech, uh, but maybe their problem they were trying to solve wasn't quite as large or the market wasn't quite as large and where the cyber harassment and stalking team really kind of shown was the fact that this is a huge issue and it's not being solved today and there's some very realistic solutions that can be brought to bear very quickly and they found it. And so they they had the most well-rounded solution as well as problem. They really stood out. Excellent. Thank you so much. Scott, do you want to chime in too? I concur with Chad and Lori. <laughs> uh, the the uh, anti-stalking cyberbullying was my favorite. I love some aspects of it, like um, collecting the evidence and outputting the forms. Yeah, I just think it's a great idea. And, and I thought their execution was great for a 48-hour hackathon. Great. Thank you so much. Randy, what do you think is the biggest barrier to innovation in the legal space? Oh, that's that's a tough question to answer. I mean, I, I think that, of course, we have a lot of human and organizational inertia, as does any industry, perhaps ours even more so, because we're an industry that's built on tradition and precedent and, and doing things the way that they've always been done. I think the other issue that was highlighted here tonight is many of these issues with access to justice, you don't have uh, built-in financing or you don't have a market demand from a monetization standpoint, right? These are projects that we're looking to take on really to make the world a better place, to provide more equal opportunity for people to access the justice system and for the justice system to work for, for them. And so those type of projects are really going to have to find partnerships with existing nonprofits or pioneer new funding mechanisms in order to come to market. That's great insight. John, I'd love to hear what you have to say as well. I think the biggest problem that holds legal back is the fact that the buyers are so dispersed that they don't have much power. If you look at the medical industry, you will see a lot of innovation, lots of problems to be sure, but a lot of innovation, including things like fixed fees for a variety of services, driving costs down. And I think the simple reason for that is there's only a few buyers out there, and those buyers are pretty ruthless at driving the, the medical providers and their costs down. In the legal side, you don't have that parallel. And as a result, the uh, lawyers are much more free to keep doing what they're comfortable doing. They're not pushed to innovate. So as long as you have the billable hour and nobody to push to stop the billable hour, you're going to see pretty much the same thing. I was talking about moving beyond the billable hour uh, and giving talks on it in the early 90s hadn't changed much. And on a slightly different note, John, if you were going to give participants in a hackathon advice for a future hackathon, what would it be? Focus. Try to focus as narrowly as you can. Solve one problem and solve it well versus trying to describe something that boils the ocean. We saw some examples out there where people have spent 20, 40, 50, 100 million dollars to try to address the problem. And it's hard to really give them any credibility to suggest we're going to do that and we're going to have 20,000 users by next year. It just doesn't work that mm. way. I like the one word answer. Randy, what would your one word answer be as advice for future hackers? Oh, one word might be tough, but uh, I would say know your target market. 
and exactly who that is and know what differentiates you from the solutions that already exist. Great. Chad, what about you? I mean, just to piggyback on the two comments, I'd say hack the idea. Hack the idea first. I mean, you only have 48 hours to spin out a wonderful solution that looks great, you know, in terms of a demo is one thing. But if you have an unrefined idea in terms of, you know, what problem you're solving, how you're going to bring it to market, what's your revenue model going to be, how are you going to acquire users, what is your competition, figure that out first to get you to the next phase. I mean, when you get to round two, you can refine your approach in terms of how you are actually going to deliver the solution itself. That would be my piece of advice. Lori, could you boil it down to one one word? <laughs> I think about pain. <laughs> Who has pain and how will you solve the pain and how much are they willing to spend to stop the pain. I think if, if a, a presentation is structured in, in that way, it's a winner. And if you can't answer it, you know, not in front of judges, but even amongst yourself, go back to the drawing board. That's great. Scott, can you cap us off? My advice to hackers would be to look at the judging rubric and incorporate in the presentation the, the criteria that you're being judged on. Fair and good advice, solid advice. So if our listeners would like to follow up, how can they reach you, John? You can find me off the website or jtrudenik at catalystsecure.com. I'm easily uh, available on the website for the DU Law School. I'm also on Twitter at Randy Robinson II. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter as well at Chad Perlov, C-H-A-D-P-E-R-L-O-V, or by email chad.perlov at LexisNexis.com. And I can be found on Twitter, Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E underscore K-U-H-N, Lori Kuhn. I can be contacted through the website of my law firm, SandersonIPLaw.com. Fantastic. Thank you all so much. And we have reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today as judges and as guests on the network. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.